This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and a very warm welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Gav Buckland and Tony Scott. Uh, a bit of a Royal Blue Podcast special, we will be discussing young players Academies. What is the purpose of Evans Academy? Is it part of the business? Is it solely to produce first-team players? And what about the future of young players? Is it a young man's game or is it actually a more proven, finished article if you're the manager and if you're the director of football? We'll be discussing all that and more and which young players have been given opportunities, which deserve more, who's caught the eye, who hasn't. Um, but we'll start and Gavin will come to you first. What's your definition of a young player? What an age terms. Mm. Um, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd say, historically for me, I'd say somebody under the age of 21, I think, to be fair. It's probably something to the significance of a 21st birthday, perhaps, but I would say under 21 for me is the, uh, is, is the, is the, is the, is the, is the age I'd say somebody's a young player. Obviously, you might have first team experience within that, but I'd say under 21 generally. So, do you think? Do you think that when you hear young player, do you think it's that age, that age bracket? No, I, I, I think it's considerably lower. When I see when I see twenty one year olds, I expect them to be established in the Premier League. I really do. I think if he's talking about a young player, he's talking teens, nineteen tops. Then once you start getting to twenty, twenty one, if you're still playing under twenty three football in a Premier League level, and you're not established in any kind of first team environment, I think you're looking elsewhere. So, for a young player, for me. 19 and below, definitely. So when Marcel Brands uh, at the start of the summer spoke about appointing a new coach who wanted to work with young players, and bearing in mind that the average age of the signings that we made this summer was around 23, mm-hmm. does that give a different slant on the definition, the club's definition, of a young player? Well, the, the young players, then, that's a good question about what Marcel Brands talking about, like young, what his definition is, isn't it? If he's talking about young players within the first team squad or on the, the periphery of the first team squad then you would say somebody in the early 20s you know 20 to 24 say you know before you, you peak years you always say 25 to 29 if he's talking generally then that that could mean anybody from what 16 to mm. 24 in theory I suppose um, yeah it's an interesting one that and it, but it shows me what it shows is, is one of the it's about like Problems with at the start about what's a young player and how does it fit in and all that. That that's a classic example of like you know what director of football who maybe first team bias perhaps thinks is a young player and what somebody yeah. in the academy thinks is a is a young player and the two don't necessarily always correspond, do they? And and what do you, what would you suspect in the stands? The definition of a young player is Otto. We've had a different opinion there and. Do you think that the majority of Evertonians would think of a young player and think of a lad who's just come through or from the academy in, 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 in you know in his teens? Yeah, I, I think it's do, normally. Do you think it marries maybe with what we're saying here about maybe maybe the football club's definition is actually twenty three, twenty four? Yeah, I think the football club's definition of a younger player doesn't marry with the supporters. I think a lot of times I get asked, and probably like yourself, Phil and. You gave that when when someone says who's coming through the ranks and my dad who's obviously not savvy with obviously academy football under twenty threes who's the next one on the conveyor belt lad and I always try and look for one or two about the under eighteens maybe you, you were even looking under twenty threes now would you because obviously everyone's aware of it now aren't they well, obviously when it's getting streamed live etc so 
and probably obviously everyone knows like you see under 23 games all over the world now don't you know it's obviously yeah. well documented so I think when people ask and fans ask about the young players I think they're looking silly to say like at the next Rooney so mm-hmm. to speak someone who's 16 based on the scene who's ready to come from the under 16s straight into the under 23s then first team I think that's what the fans look for straight away I think once you start I think the the, the football club sees it totally different I think as Marcel Brands he sees it he, he wants to get the, the current squad down so to speak to, yes. to mm-hmm. under 23 level I get, get all that but I think what fans look for in the stands is that the next big thing coming from the under-16, under-17 category. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a, a Fraser Hornby or Andy yeah. Gordon or somebody yeah. like that, somebody who's, who looks like they're making moves at that level. But, Definitely. But, but stay, and we'll, we'll, we'll come on to whether the academy is part of Everton's wider business model, but does it does the definition of a young player at first-team level also include whether that player has sell-on potential? Because clearly that's a, a shift in policy now with Marcel, that we will recruit players that will still have the best years ahead of them in a two, three seasons. But we've got to look for the current first team, haven't we? First and foremost, I, I, I can see the point for both. I can see, listen, there's going to be sell-on value with him X, Y and Z later on. We could arguably see that with Richarlison, to be honest. He, there's no denying that he could you could easily double... The way current form he's in at mm. the moment and the way things are going, Everton could double the money on him in two or three years' time. But... Uh, even even though we just spend that amount of money on him, because easily yeah. if one of the big clubs come calling, so I think first and foremost we've got to look at it from an Everton perspective about getting these young players onto the pitch and what are they going to do for Everton. Secondary, it should come about making a profit on them if we're not successful, and we've got to we've got to take that into consideration. We're not a top four club, so obviously if a young player does arrive and he's not successful at Everton you will look elsewhere. You just can't help that. I think all football clubs are the same, really. They're all going to treat it as a stepping stone to Real Madrid and Barcelona. That's just the way it is. It's not just Everton, by the way. Yeah. You look at Raheem Sterling, for instance. Left Queen's Park Rangers to sign for Liverpool. Played at Liverpool for a couple of years. Waited his time. Had a couple of good seasons. Then he went to Manchester City. So I think that's what a lot of young players will treat that as a stepping stone. The likes of Everton, even Liverpool as a stepping stone, he was a thought. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one, this. And, and this points to me to a, a wider development within the game, which you think is going to happen. What's happening now, probably, is is the way coaching in the past has been, where it's just basically you've had three or four first-team coaches working with a, a first-team squad of, say, 20, 25 players, is the future, of, the future of coaching is more targeted to specific... You know, individuals in the future mm. will probably have their own coach. You know that that's one of the things. Or like you know, I know we've had can clubs afford coaches. to do that. Well, top clubs can, can they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, money, you yeah, can, yeah you can yeah, see yeah. happening. So can yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that individual. You know, I know we've had defensive coaches in the it's, past, it's and you know, striking coaches. coaches yeah, yeah. But as the game becomes more complex, and the way we got stats and all this about player performance, all this is like, is the coaching will be more focused on a one-to-one coach mm. player a relationship. And you can see where Marcel perhaps is going on that that statement is that perhaps he he he, he wants maybe more bespoke coaching for for younger players mm. um, rather than you know having being part of a wider group. So do you think Gav, sorry Gav, so do you think there be coaches now having a remit off the football club saying make these players better to make us a profit rather than? To make them become better players for the current club, I, I think. I think. I don't think it's necessarily that. I mean, that's one of the byproducts of it. Is 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 the 
that is the next stage of, of coaching is that people have their own individual performance statistics and characteristics and the role of the coach in future will be working with all with all that information um how that you then coordinate all that into the team dynamic is is, is a slightly different question but you can you can see where Marcel's going on this can you with mm. that you know is like that that'll be more 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 specific coaching for, for specific groups of players and, and and I think that's that that makes sense really doesn't it I mean because the, the age range of play, you know years ago you know, like when I first started watching football every player there was no players over 30 you know every player was probably between the ages of 20 and 28 something like that you know if you're 29 you were old now the age range of players i mean you're talking about field players you can 20 and 35 year olds 36 year olds regularly play in the same team now don't they mm. and in the same squad they coach they they their needs off a coach are two completely different things aren't so, they so just so to interject there gavin it's some a nearly interesting point so you, you're almost saying that the uh the, so the uh development and the progress in sports science and prolonging players careers actually maybe has shunted that definition of a young player up because you may not get as many team prodigies as you like as maybe did in the mid 90s and before because players are playing longer so it's harder to get into the team yeah yeah exactly I mean this is you know I've said countless times on the pod I've made in the past is ironically the academies are like being developed over the last 20 years but in that 20 year span nothing in the game has been done that will assist young players in fact it's all the opposite from uh, more foreign players coming in, managed on short-term contacts with the short-term viewpoints who only want experience as players playing for them. Uh, bigger first-team squads on match days because you've got seven substitutes. Mm. So, you know, if there's an injury, you can cover that within the squad without bringing a younger player in. But the younger um, players can then get the opportunity. Yes, true. By the way, they, on, the perif- on the periphery, yeah, but in terms of becoming regular first-team players... It, it well, if they give, if they're given the, uh, for example, this weekend, Gav, because Everton have got loads of injuries... Could visibly Fraser Home, but you're 18 years of age, could find himself in the Everton on bench. The, on the bench, but, but and then if you say for argument's sake, Dominic Calvert Lewin doesn't make look, it, Jen Tosin gets injured in the warm up or in training, you're going to have to look to Fraser Home. We, we've been down and get yeah, around we've had, if you have a look at our like 18 match day squad over the last say five or six years, or there's been loads of occasions where there's been a young player, mm. but there's a big that's a big leap of faith from putting someone on the bench to be becoming a regular first team player like a Wayne Rooney or a Ross Barkley. But and, and 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 one of the one of the reasons going back to your point, Phil, mm. is is let's face it, there's a lot of money in the game and players are quite keen on prolonging their career. And that means there's a turnover of players is probably less um because people are staying in the game longer, so it's hot, you know, it's harder to come in. It was an interesting start last last season was the fewest number of players used in the Premier League since two thousand and five, wasn't it? In English you, players in, No, just all players. Right. Oh, you know, sorry, yeah, so I'm with yeah, you. Right, yeah, 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 so yeah. like that, actually, things are contracting, and so there's fewer opportunities. Everton are booking that trend at the moment. Yeah, 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 just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So play anybody. That, that that's a key thing. The the, the 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 prolonging of players' careers for lots of reasons reduces the um, the chances of somebody coming in at the other mm. the other end. I I, I can't disagree with Gav on this on one. I just I just find with if you're a young player now. 15, 16 years of age at an academy like Everton, I think the world's your oyster. If you're good enough, you're going to make it. And even if you, you can, that's a mediocre or average, but if you're an half decent player, the exposure that you get now, even at under 16 level on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, 
Snapchat, every kind of social media platform is highlighted. Everton do it more than most. They stream under 18 games on YouTube, under 23 matches. This was never going 15 years ago. So if you're good enough and you have a couple of good games, even if you don't make the first team, the exposure that you get then to championship teams where scouts don't even have to bother watching you, they can actually sit at home and watch it on a laptop. The exposure that you get now, you probably get, in my opinion, I think you're given more of an opportunity than you've ever done before if you're an academy player. Yeah, that, that's a fair. I mean, years ago, years ago, if you're like in the old A and B teams, it's like yeah. the old academy. The best you could go for is probably somewhere like Tranmere or Southport. That's where most of, yeah. most of the players well, went if you didn't make it in the first mm. team. Now, as you say, so there's a, well and abroad as well. You could probably throw in there. Now, as you say, there's a wider, wider opportunity within the game. Um, but you've still got to be good enough, haven't you? Yeah. Um, the good thing for us, I suppose, just talking about Everton, because our academy's got a good, such a good name yes. within within the game that actually you probably trust the opinion of Everton coaches or whatever, wouldn't you? And I think, as you say, it, you, you've been given a big opportunity if you enter Everton's academy, not necessarily to make it in the first team, but to make a career in football. Yeah, I'll give two. I'll give two examples, Phil. How this exposure is going now, regards to when you used to get. When growing up on the street, you just wanted to play for Everton or Liverpool. That was the that was the bee's knees, wasn't it? Now, it's it's not even North West based. Now, I'll give you two examples of this. I was speaking to a lad the other day who was a scout for I think a couple of non-league teams. Just looking around, Bournemouth have actually employed him full time to go and watch a lot of Merseyside football kids. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's his job now. It's yeah. full time. Bournemouth in the Premier League. Yeah. So there's a football club down south actually paying scouts up here to look at all Northwest. It's incredible. And another example of this was a mate of mine. Um, obviously, he's playing. His lads was 11 years of age playing his first league match last weekend on the Sunday on a Saturday morning, and they won five two. One of the kids up front is 10 years of age. Scored four in the match. Came off at half time, getting the talk, talking to from the manager. A Manchester City scout approached his parents on the line, <laughs> snapped them up like that within watching a game of 45 minutes of football. So that just shows you that it's not just where we just think it's Everton and Liverpool who are just watching all these players now coming through to, to the fore. They're watched all over the world. It's this exposure now where yeah. Manchester City coaches are on the line, um, scouts, sorry, Bournemouth, they're everywhere. They're all watching games now. They're all highlighted. Where is it? This is the power of social media, what it's doing now, what it's never done before. It's all highlighted to help football clubs. Let's just bring the conversation back then to the first team currently in Marco Silva. When we sit here in three years' time at the end of Marco's contract, we hope it's been a huge success and he's got a, an extension and we're flying high in Europe and signing wonderful players and playing great football. At the Bromley Moor Stadium? No, absolutely. Maybe not in three years' time. So <laughs> yeah. A couple, a couple <laughs> more, maybe. When, when we judge Marco, we judge results and style, etc. Yeah. Ultimately, we will also judge him on that, um, that, that, that marker laid down by Marcel Brands about wanting to work with young players. But for Marco Silva, and you mentioned it, Gav, you know, managers on short-term deals, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of money going around in football. Is it easier said than done for Marco Silva to have the confidence and the bravery to put his trust and his job effectively in the hands of young players? Because as we all know, young players have got talent, but their form is up and down, it ebbs and flows, and just naturally as they're learning the game. Is it easier for Marco, is it easier said than done for Marco to actually tick that off the list? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not just Marco, I think any manager. Um, you will be unwise to... to, to Even long-term managers, to, isn't to, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the only one who's done it, Ferguson did it, didn't he, with Man United. Uh, so you would be unwise to put your trust in young players. Uh, 
there's a quote from Michelle Platini that I'll put in here. It said, like, you know, today's young stars are not necessarily tomorrow's heroes. Mm. I think he said once, and I think that's right. Um, so Marco needs to be, you know, especially he's got a demanding owner who wants to bang for his book and, you know, say the stage move and things like that. And we saw how quickly things went, can go wrong, <laughs> as they did last season. Uh, it would be very unwise for me. Uh, Unless, and the caveat to that, of course, unless the player is good enough and that whole mm. thing, if they're young enough, they're good enough or whatever it is. And um, we maybe have two or three, I would say at the moment, who may fall into that category. Um, the, the other, the other, the important thing about bringing young players into the team is is you've got to make sure the players they're playing with are all top-notch mm. good players. I mean, that's why Ferguson got away with that, like the class of 92, not because they're great players, it's like... and. That Hanson thing was a bit of a myth. It's like all the players that were young players were all top players, weren't they? Yeah. You now all through the spine of the team, you no know, Schmeichel, mm. Bruce Palace there, Ince, Kanchelskis, Cantona. Mm. You know, um, we're all we're all steely top players, so we could integrate them better. And so that's the other thing you're looking to do is mm. that you, you're looking if you bringing them into areas of the pitch where actually we're, we're quite strong. Mm. That would mean, like, you know, bringing in the young centre half, make sure your other centre half is absolutely top notch. Yeah. Bringing in the young midfielder, make sure the other midfielder is top notch as well. So, so yeah, th- I think it's easier said than done, but I think any manager would be foolish to uh, not put a trust in young suit who actually is good enough, but actually they just don't believe in bringing young players through. And there's managers like that who, who, who are well known for mm. it. So, yeah, it, it's difficult for them, isn't it, really? And plus, the other thing here as well, if it's complicated, complicated even further, is some young players are there for sell as we just said, mm-hmm. for, well, for buy, you know, for, to sell on. Well, hang on a minute, like, you know, to sell them on, to get a good fee for them, you've got to be playing mm-hmm. them as well. So it, it's complicated, but it'd be, it'd be a fool to have a general broad brush, I'm going to put my trust in young players. I so. think a prime example of that, Phil, would be when we had Sam Allardyce as manager for the short-term basis, just had no time for Admola Luckman, did he? Didn't give him a chance, whereas we've seen the opposite now with Marco Silva. Mm. Even though he's been given a three-year contract, he's willing to put his arm around him and give him a chance. So we've seen that. I don't. I think even if you've got a long-term or short-term, I think you, you, as Gav said, the player's got to be able mentally and physically to play in the Premier League. I think, well, we have Jürgen Klopp, he was given a five-year contract at Liverpool. One player I can think of of note, Trent Alexander Arnold, he's brought through the academy and played well. So apart from that, he's been he's foot into the fourth year of his five year contract. Mm. So it it doesn't matter if he's short term or long term, if you know what I mean. I know the Sam Allardyce situation was different, and I'm probably contradicting myself. But I think if the player's good enough, Marco Silva will play him. Yeah. It's no good wasting money like we did Landover first last season on Class and Ramirez, etc. If that player is good enough and forcing the hands and ripping up the under 23s and has got the right attitude in training, wanting to learn, then he's going to be given the opportunity, whether he's here for 30 years or three years, it doesn't really matter. But going, going back to your point, and I was, I was going to raise this, is, and, and you touched on it before, talking about Rooney and stuff about what somebody regards as being a young player is, I think the fact of the matter is, is that if you're not good enough at 18 to play in the Premier mm. League, then the chances are you're never going to be good enough. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. To play in the Premier League at, at 23, the way, there's a couple of reasons, the way players naturally develop anyway. And also as well is, as you say, academy football, it 
under 23 level it can be a bit bland and you know do you think that's changing uh, sorry Gav to interrupt sorry do you think that's changing now the way the Premier League football is the way youngsters can go and learn the trades elsewhere now I look at that England set up during the World Cup I think 99% of them it's all plays in the lower league, yeah, but from that, Pickford right up to Harry Kane. But that, but now, Harry Kane didn't get a kick at Tottenham for years. Had to wait on failures from big su- summer signings that Tottenham had made. Went alone to the, the bowels of the Football League, on loan at Leicester. And you could list the teams, Vardy, for example, exactly the same. Went, learned the trades elsewhere, and they didn't get properly going until, what, 23-24? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, th- that, that, that's the point. I mean, it could have been. It was obviously probably good enough to play at 18, just wasn't given the opportunity. Is and that, that's the thing, isn't it? About academies, is like you spoke about the World Cup. Is like how many players in our World Cup team actually within that team's academy who just solely played for that team and not gone yeah. on loan? Not many. All mm. the players. I think there's only what, Lingards. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't All the other players had been academies at some point, but I've, I have learned their trade further down, further down the mm. leagues, and I, I just think if, if you're going to stay at a club, one club. If you're not good enough at 18, like, I don't think it's going to be very, very difficult for you to convince somebody at 2021 that you're good enough but to go in the Premier League. Do you think that's why a lot of clubs now tie into the fact that there's buyback clauses because they're petrified <laughs> on the player going elsewhere to, I don't know, let Tom Davis go on loan to, I don't know, a, a championship team yeah. to Nottingham Forest, say for example. Do you think Everton now will be wise enough to say, do you know what, we want a buyback option on him in case he comes back to want us, rips it up at the Championship, then goes on to play for Tottenham? Yeah, because you know the, I mean? there's interesting things. They're trying to reduce the number of loan players, aren't they? The, uh, so you wait for trying to reduce yeah. it to eight per club, aren't mm. they? Um, yeah, it's just, I think what we're saying is, what I'm saying is here, that it, the whole thing about young players is, and you, you said there, so if you're not good enough at 18, then I don't see how you can develop. And the other thing about academy... Is I think that under twenty three is too high. You just end up if you're in that sort of mm. group of players, just hanging around the academy for no particular reason for four or five years. Classic example: Conor McElhaney. Yeah, I mean he appears to have been I don't was in our academy for about like ten years, <laughs> sort of just on the on the periphery. And, yeah. and there's a few players like I that. I think he's older than Richarlison, isn't he? As well, yeah. Conor's twenty four. He's at Fleetwood now. Yeah, yeah, but he was in our. In and around yes. the academy for for the best part of a decade, and I, I think under eighteen and under twenty one will be my idea, ideal thing. I don't see there's probably good good counter arguments. I, I don't see whether under twenty three is it, it just means that you've got five years of development just in and around the place, mm. and, and, and I don't think that works for me. Do you think it's too, do you think it should be shortened down, Phil, from under twenty three? Well, it moved up from under twenty ones about yeah, two or three yeah, seasons yeah. ago, didn't it? I think the the theory was that it would, um, and it, obviously they changed the rules about number of over overage players yeah. involved. And I thought, I think, I think I'd have to revisit the, the the stories at the time. I thought some of the um, thinking around it was that it gave the opportunity for maybe the younger players to mix with more senior players, a bit yeah. older, and so there was that kind of breeding ground. But it's very difficult because the gap remains. Huge, doesn't yeah, it? And, yeah. and you know, and, and coaches readily admit that the gap between twenty threes and first team football is is big. Yeah. Um, just slightly move on then. What is this? Is the purpose in terms of the um, desired output of of Everton's academy? Is it solely to try and produce players for the first team, or is it in addition? Maybe you think it is completely this to form part of the business model, because as we've spoke about before. 
of it, out of a generation of, of of academy players, only a handful are ever really going to make it. But you have to have you know fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty other other lads coming through to form part of the academy. So is it solely to bring players through, and that's the that is the number one and only objective, or is it that with the little sidebar? It's also feeding into our new business model of, of, of creating footballers that will go on and make the club profit. Sole purpose should be to play in the Everton first team. Whenever a scout approach, whenever an Everton scout approach appearances on the line, up and down the country now, all over the world, your sole purpose and your remit should be, we want your child to play in Everton's first team in the Premier League. That should be the sole purpose in any way, shape or form. What comes after that? It's totally different. That's, I think that's out your hands. I think every club on the planet's a selling club. So I think that should come down secondary on any list that, yeah, we shouldn't even be told to parents, by the way, we're going to make it X, Y, and Z. I get all that. But the sole purpose of academy football, especially Everton Football Club, we've seen it and we've seen the opposite side of it. We? We've seen Wayne Rooney, Jack Roswell, Ross Barkley, all this goes on of the players that we've sold on and on and on. What the remit should be, and still is to this day, your sole purpose is to play in Everton's first team. What goes on after that it remains to be seen, but number one priority, play in Everton's first team. Gav, thoughts? Bit of both. Mm. Uh, you, can be, you, can be, you can be both, you know, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, are they? You can be both. You can, like Wayne Rooney, for example, you know, got him into the first team, but he also formed part of the business model because we sold them for whatever it was. Yeah, but if Ever- that's what I'm trying to say. If Everton are then successful, then they sh- they, there's no need to sell them. That's what I'm trying to say. If Everton get, I don't know, three or four youngsters come, come through the under-23s yeah. next season and Everton then win an FA Cup, then get top four, there's no reason why that secondary part of, to make a profit on the player, that shouldn't even enter anyone's head because you are then successful. So there's no need to make profits on players. You are successful and by not being successful, you're going to sell these players. Yeah, I, 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 I do. T- I don't think. I think what you're saying is right. So is that you know that's the initial thing. We you know I think the initial thing is we want to make your son a professional footballer, isn't yeah. it? That's the thing rather than just play forever. Because what it? they do that's so one of the other purposes of academy, isn't I, it? You I'm know? pretty certain that um, coaches at the Everton's academy, and I'm sure it's the same academy up and down the country. They make no promises. They make yeah. it very clear to parents from the word go that 95 percent of the kids won't make it, but we will give your lad. The best chance possible, and your, yeah. your your girl now, obviously, with the women's team expanding, mm. every chance possible will give them a grounding in football, and hopefully, they will have a career, whether it be here or somebody somewhere else. Yeah, mm. and I think that, that, that that's past the selling point. But I do think if you have a director of football whose remit is to look at all aspects of the club, then if the first team is part of the business model mm. of of the club, then. I think that the academy is part of the business model of the club, isn't it? Um, and I think um, they do cost money as well. Academies, they don't, you know, they don't free. So I do, I do think you've got to justify at some point in cost, you know, in income terms. You, you, you're, uh, but surely one player, Gav, that comes through, even at, uh, say, say for argument's sake, John Joe Kenny. If you're looking at it now, he's just come through the first team that last season. Arguably, worth what ten million? Oh, and the rest, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. That's paying for itself alone, just to, just a player's valuation, even hovering around the first team. Isn't that the answer? That, that, that is, it does form part of it. But I, I think um, I, I think it is definitely they'll have targets. I would imagine they had me to get a certain number of young, you know, players into the first team. Which you know, which mm. I think that that's good. Um, but you know, it does within that it does form. You know, 
part of the model. It's a cost, and therefore, if it's any cost in the business, got to generate some sort of income. I mean, there's an interesting other aspects of this about priorities. We sp- you spoke about Marco Silva. If you're an academy coach, say, at under 18 level, it's your priority to bring players through to the first team or win under 18 matches. If no. you're under 18 coaches, you're not. Pr- is it not your priority to um, bring players through that are good enough to play at the 23s? Because oh, yeah, yeah, plenty of 18-year-old kids get okay. released, don't they? So, mm. at under, okay, under 23, is your, your remit to win under 23 games or to bring players through? No, bring, if you ask David okay. Unsworth, he would say bring players through. When you think about it, we won the league under 23 level two years ago. Yeah. Anyone come through? Well, obviously, I was just, you know, that's something I was going to touch on. If you if we look at it now, we go through it. John Joe will play Saturday. Yeah. Tom Davies will be in with a shout. Yeah. Kieran Dow could be in the squad, possibly. Matty Hewlett won't be. He's in the 23 still as a goalkeeper. Mm. Um, Morgan Feeney will be in the 23 still. He's obviously still a young yeah. lad. Uh, Anthony Robinson out on loan. Mm, Callum yeah. Connolly out on loan. Mm. Joe Williams out on loan. Um, Harry Charles, he's still 23s. Yeah. It's very. Dominic Calvert Lewin played half a season. Yeah, he did. He's now established first team. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean to have four as, as regular first team fixtures, you'd say yeah. now. I mean, is that a success? It feels like a success. Yeah, it is. It is a success. When you look at other Premier League teams, if you can get... Yeah, I like to compare Everton with other Premier League teams when you're looking at youngsters and go, well, how many have they got hovering around their first team? Let's look at the... If, I know we've got a lot of injuries and it's pretty difficult to, to examine that, but we will sit there on, on Sunday, won't we, and look at everyone else's Premier League fixtures and look at their squads. There won't be too many you've got a lot of youngsters and we've always had it Phil we've always had I think last season we, we had mm. obviously Leighton Baines we had Wayne Reed. there was a lot of scousers in the team I think it, it, when you're a fo- when you're a fan and you're sitting there it, you just get so much pride when even if you've got one or two youngsters on the bench you go come on come on even get on for 10 minutes and make a name for yourself you want it to happen so much don't you and I think for an under 23 and I think an under 18 level yet you want to win games of football but the sole priority is to make sure that that player comes to any kind of level to make sure they get in the first team mm-hmm. but but the, the points the points are raised about that and I think it's good to see them round the squad though the size of squads these days it's it, especially when you've got a few injuries it's like you know is. is is more straightforward than maybe the past, but they were just talking about squad players. If what idea of what you want is somebody who can play in the first team week in week out. Well, that enough at, that at the that. end of the three years of Michael Silva, if those lads are still yeah. in that position or, or are in the in the team every week, that is the real test, and isn't that, that's it? That, yeah. yeah, and it's whether that those players are good enough, which is a separate discussion. And if you think about us, say in the twenty first century. Um, which frighteningly is now nearly 20 years old, mm-hmm. is is how many players have reproduced who started at Evan in the 21st century? So it, therefore you'd exclude Hibbert and Osman in the 1990s. Have become regular, nailed on, first team players who've come through the academy. The, but Wayne, no, Wayne, Wayne, Ross, Ross Jack. Jack, Jack yeah. Um, and Jack was on the periphery bit, but we yeah. had to go Jack, yeah. I mean, th- and then obviously we talked Victor about the Victor was on the some yeah. more sub appearances, but you know, we know it's, and now we're talking like about that. the lads we just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. But, but but they're not, na- you know, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's not many name any clubs that I'm, I've got I'm the not same. Talk, I'm not talking about that. What, what I'm saying is there is is that show, for all we we, we 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 build up the academy and quite rightly we do is is even academy as well. Organised and regarded as being as successful as Everton, and as if they can only there. get a very few yeah. number of players in the first team, 
week in week out that just shows how generally it is in difficult must be to difficult mm. football and let's face it I mean if you're being really cynical the likes of Ross and Wayne certainly didn't really need an academy yes. you know, I, I know I'm not belittling I'm not belittling academies there. if you've got great if you've got massive talent you'll play you'll play mm. yeah you know, and, that, and that's but it's obviously been nurtured through with coaches yeah, to become better players. Yeah, Absolutely. better players. But you know, yeah. you've got massive talent, then you know that helps. Um, and and I think that just shows how difficult across the board it is getting young players into the game. And so, one that's been regarded as massively successful, like Everton, still has produced mm. very little mm. week in week out first team players. Well, and we and we spoke about you. So you mentioned mm. you know where the the PL two winning generation gone, and we said three to four of the lads in the squad well that was that's the best crop at 23 levels in the country and by some distance they were the best team because I watched a lot of that games that season mm. and just to highlight how difficult it is we've only mm. managed to get you know less than a, like a quarter of that squad are in and around the first in that and that yeah. again exemplifies how big the jump is so it just shows you doesn't it if you were to ask Gunzi Phil would you take a losing every under 23 match next this season and making sure two or three players come from that team Again into that first team, would you take it? Oh, all day. But go. obviously, you'd be yeah. miffed to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. But no, that's, that's the sole purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's his, his job. job. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. His, that's his remit. Um, but it's always been it's always been like that, you know. And if you have a look historically at our youth teams that won the FA Youth Cup, mm. I mean, '98 was quite a good. You know, that Jefferson balls and me. Financial. Richard Dunn. Yeah, Danny Danny Cadman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leon played, didn't he? Mm. So that was quite a really good group. But like, say in the sixties. Like we reached the final sixty one, none played in the first team. Sixty five, which is probably the best youth team we've ever had. Absolutely fantastic. Only two players became first team regulars. Seventy seven, I think Kevin played. Kevin Nachleff, I think that was it. Well. Wow. Eighty three, eighty four, we had a fantastic youth team again. The, 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 Robbie Ian Bishop, Robbie Wackenshaw type um just ended up playing that down in divisions. Mm. So it, it's always been mm. it's always been difficult yeah. historically. Yeah. When you have a look at FA Youth Cup winning teams, because they're basically a snapshot yes. of a given year or a given two years. So, by the law of averages, you know, unless you're the class of '92, you don't really expect a lot of them to do to do well in in the first team of that club. And that just shows actually the two years ago. We've got three or four that are still round now and are still got promised, and that that's quite that's a good result. Good yeah, yeah. Mm. How far fetched uh, or how? possible do we think it is for as a way of getting young players into the Everton team having a strict identity like a Bill Baldu or like a you know they they only they only use Basque players or Leipzig are only buying players under the age of 25 or whatever it is is it too far-fetched in the Premier League for Everton to go you know what we are going to make a commitment that 75% as an example of the starting 11 each week is from our academy or in the squad say you know I think it's difficult in the Premier League to do that because of the money involved in place money. Like you see, for if Everton, Everton could easily cut the nose off despite the face here and go, do you know what? We're going to have fifty percent of the team is going to be born within forty miles of Goodison Park. You could easily say that, but you just Everton could easily find themselves at the bottom of the league quite easily. Do you know what I mean? Because you're only just fielding players who by nowhere near good enough but getting there through the birth of the postcodes so you've got to be careful how you weigh it up it, 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 there's a blend isn't it you've got to have the the blends of ability we'd all ideally we'd all love to see 
me personally, 11 Scousers in our Everton team, all born within local area and winning the Premier League. That would be the dream. Yeah. I think Middlesbrough didn't did Middlesbrough try to get to the Euro, Euro Fair Cup final, final about six? And they had, I think they had seven or eight players, yeah, yeah, all yeah. like local lads. And that must have been really oh, amazing. It's been so Scouts proud. won the European Cup with all. Or local lads exactly, yeah, you know. so you must feel so proud of that being your team. Do you know what I mean? I think it's difficult now with the Premier League and the money involved that managers and chairmen and owners aren't gonna do this because of the obviously the financial yeah. sense in it. I can even hope, but that there is a slight sort of balance here, though, isn't it? Is you spoke before about the person in the academy and things like that, and as you say on the pod, the you know, like saying is in the days of Premier League where it's pretty regimented, you know. By and large, where people are going to finish at the start of the season, clubs have got to offer something different and, and as a way of attracting mm. support and keeping their support mm. interested. And I certainly think within that, the, the push to at least keeping three or four players around the match day squad who are local players is a way of... <laughs> and then doing that, Consistently, and, and Moyes did it to a, to a degree. It's a way. It's a way of getting supporters interested, yeah. in the, and, and as well, and giving abuse out as yeah, well, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> which is a separate issue. And I, I do think there's a role in, in academy players of of giving something slightly different. Yeah, uh, do you know what? Yeah. I, it's a good point, Gav. I remember when Roberto Martinez was sacked. Yes, and Joe Royal and David Unsworth took the last job Norwich. against Norwich. Yeah, played uh, Tom, Keir, Tom Tom Davis, Kindal. John, 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 John Kenny, Kenny yeah, yeah. and I, it kind of felt as if we've got our Everton back here. We've got our identity, and all the fans got a lift. The local lads giving their all, and it was really refreshing. I thought that's it's clever management. And I th- do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if there's a lot of managers out there that are obviously going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. Throw a couple of youngsters out in the mm. fridge there to lock the slack off. But no, in that way, I just felt so proud as that. You know what we've got our identity back here, and that's yeah, what's yeah, good to I see. Mean, isn't it? I mean, our great team in the mid eighties. I mean, I used to go and see Everton reserves in eighty one, and you, you turn up of a Saturday, you'd have Southall was playing, Gary Stevens was playing, Kevin Ratcliffe was playing, <laughs> Graham Sharp was playing, Kev Britison was playing, all playing for the reserves, <laughs> and a lot. Of, then they got in. You know what I was saying before about because match day squads are yes so big enough. They got in because they had smaller match day squads, and how was realised when you first came that the players are bought rubbish the players inherited rubbish I've got no choice but to bring bring them players in which I don't think I don't think that could happen now mm. and I, but I do think it, it's important and academy's important in establishing an identity of the club and, and it works for Everton doesn't it we, we mm. you know held up in high regard yeah we, yeah you? exactly and we like to push that as a good news story of the club and I think that's that's fair enough is it what are our thoughts and, and we mentioned both of you mentioned about um but players from the academy making it into the first team, they often have to go out to come back in, i.e. go out on loan. Well, how would we feel if, 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 and it's totally hypothetical, the club decided to uh, have an official link-up, have a feeder club, so to speak? You know, Chelsea and Vitesse has been that unofficial, the same players. United used to do it with Royal Antwerp, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Would it work? Depends or, on, does, it defe- does it depend purely on the philosophy from top to bottom of the football club in a playing style and that club? That we're sending them to? Does it all have to be one, if you know what I mean? Yeah, it it depends on who the club is, Phil, doesn't it? If they're playing football very similar to ours, then you could say 
you know what they like to press they like their intensity levels are good the way they they look good sending them on loan like what we done with Stoke or someone like that because he's just there's no there's no there's no resemblance there he's not going to learn anything is he? he's just going to get kicked up in the air so you're looking for if there's a youngster that can't get in the Everton team at the moment you're looking for him to play the Everton way but to play games so we're obviously linking up for us who, who plays exactly the same as Marco Silva wants to press like Marco Silva and plays the Everton way well, look to in the lower leagues, look at someone exactly like that, but who's someone who's going to get more minutes. So if Tom Davis, for argument's sake, if Everton, if Andre Gomez rips it up this season, Schneider keeps him out the team and it's just a kind of guy, then Tom Davis could find himself where he goes on loan to, say, a Nottingham Forest type of team, where he can, obviously, that's the way they they, they played the similar way under uh, Crankyard, don't they? So you could see that, but they've got to play the, exactly the same way as Everton because it's no good if he's going to be getting kicked up in the air, example. Gav, thoughts on, on that as something? Free the clubs? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm more a fan of B teams playing, to be honest with you, than, than yeah. the league. Well, that's, that's a different I pod think, entirety. Yeah, I think we'd have yeah. to get Unzi in for that because he's got a very strong opinion about B teams. So? Oh, yeah. absolutely, heart set yeah. on it. He thinks it's, he can't get his head around why it's not been implemented. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's the future. It's you, you basically get the best of both worlds. Um, but there's a lot of clubs losing out then, doesn't he? The counter argument is they actually gain from increased crowds, profile. It, it's do they though? Really, is, well, is anyone going to watch Everton beat him against Atkinson Stanley? That's a good, it's a good point, but I think I think that to me, if you want to develop players, that that's that's the way forward. Um, but because um, when Ronnie was here the other week, he was saying mm. about when he played, he, when when you played in the reserves, even you know you played against the big you know big experienced players, and I think that. Collectively as a team, that's important. Uh, I think. I think, you know, let's face it, the loan system hasn't really worked that well for us has it, over the last couple of seasons. A few players have gone on loan and come back. Yes. As if they've been on a tour of duty. <laughs> yeah. there's, been, there's, early, been yeah. some, there's been some very, yeah. fairly high-profile. Ga- Galloway, Garbutt. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it worked for Tyus, no. did it? Um, really, you know. I mean, we have profited. Uh, indirectly, if you like, from Jordan Pickford going on loan because he's become a great goalkeeper. Yeah. That he signed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Matty Pennington has benefited from loans, but obviously he can't get into the first team, sadly, can he? But, um, but how many loans does Everton benefit from? Like, like Zuma in the first team, we Rock, benefit yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ross as well, he went to Sheffield and Leeds exactly, and he yeah. came back a better player. Yeah, yeah. I think Ross needed that for, for, to get fit because of his injuries, didn't he? Like, yeah. so, I mean, same with Leon. Leon, Leon was yeah, a really yeah. different Darby. player. He, he really, you know, really worked. So David yeah. Boys are signing, Stephen Pienaar, Mikel Arteta. They were all brought on loan yeah, at first. They did. They, that, that, some of them just done for like a financial mm. type um, business arrangements. What we're talking about here is loans for the development of the player. Yeah, yeah. At a younger age. Though Mikel was only like 23, wasn't he? I think something like that. Uh, 22. Um you know, slightly different, and I think you have to be careful when you send the players on loan. Are you sending them to? Mm. I mean, Ross didn't Ross, Ross had some bad experiences, well, wasn't it? With Warnock, Warnock was just yeah, yeah, scathing of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and um, so I, I personally feel, and I'm not sure whether the loan system works um, for younger players. Um, I think uh, I'd, I'd certainly a fan of the B team thing, though. Yeah. That's a podcast for another day. But uh, just before we wrap up, I'm uh, going to quickly ask the lads and um, toast that with you. Which young player currently in, in the uh, Everton in the setup in the you know in 23s, maybe 18s, uh, in the first team uh, squad? Which young player do you think needs to be given more of a chance? Well, I was quite vocally a couple of weeks ago, weren't I, on on the John Joe Kenny scenario? I, I really like him. 
I know him, I know him well, and I know his attitude, and I've played against him a couple of times, and he's a really good kid. And it, you know, when you want someone to do well because they're so level as and they mm. want to learn, I really want him to get. I know Seamus Coleman's obviously, he's, he's, we're just obviously barring injury. Seamus Coleman's going to be Everton's right back for a long time, but Everton have got an able deputy there in, in, in John Joe Kenny. He's not going to let anyone down. We've seen his performances last season. I hope he gets his chance and, and he's going to push Seamus all the way. Seamus Coleman knows that he's got a player to fight for his jersey. So I think John Joe Kenny for me. Not being obviously that was being biased with John Joe. I'd like the lad um, up front for Scotland during the week. Fraser, Hornby. Fraser Hornby. Did he play in the Europa he played League? In the Missile, yeah. Yeah, 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 and I liked him. He's, he's a big, powerful lad up front, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. And he's got a nose for goal. I'd like him to be given an opportunity as well. I think that's one thing that we haven't seen from Everton's academy for a while is a, a classic centre forward. We haven't had one since I'd say arguably Jeffers has come through the academy. Yeah, me too. Obviously, you got Wayne, didn't we? Yeah, he's fifth, like a number fifth, 10. Yeah, yeah but we're looking for a proper centre-forward yeah. who's going to bang goals in. And we're hoping that he could be the next big thing here. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I hope he gets I hope he gets his opportunity. Could possibly be this weekend. Could be. Gav, same question to you. Now we know why Tony likes John Joe. You know, <laughs> I used to play against him. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> a knockabout in the street, you know, by the way. Oh, yeah. he, he didn't reveal the, the level, did he? Yeah, yeah. No yeah. way. What about the t- what Tony's experience <laughs> was like? Yeah. <laughs> A uh, younger player coming through. Um, you, you'd like to see given an opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if you're talking about it, I mean, I think I think Calvert in the fit two two answers. Calvert Lewin, I think definitely, I'd like to see him more given him more game time. I think he, he looks a bit stronger this yeah. season, yeah. which is always good. And I think Tony, I think Fraser Fraser Hornby yeah. looks as though he's got something something about him. Uh, they they'd be two different levels of development I'd like to see given time both in the same parts of the pitch as well mm. yeah I think Fraser Hornby scores an hat-trick didn't he during the week as well for uh, Scotland he scored, he scored both games yeah, yeah, yeah both games yeah. for Scotland so mm. he's, he's in a good form um, which player young player have you expected more from Kieran Dow okay Kieran Dow definitely the, the noises that was coming out of Finch Farm and Everton fans and they were all raving about this he won't be given a chance at number 10 and he's been alone at Nottingham Forest Obviously, we want him to do well. Get away from that. But I've just been disappointed with him when I've seen him in and around the first team and the opportunities against Rotherham. He was given that number ten role there, Phil, and he just didn't stand out. I know everyone says he a couple of neat touches here and there, but if you're playing in a number ten role against lower league opposition, you're giving your opportunity to shine in an Everton team under a new manager, under thirty thousand under the lights at Goodison. I want a little bit more than a couple of neat touches and the odd pass here and there. I looked at him and he was every pass was sideways. He was playing the safe ball. Take a chance. Take the chance and take the game by the scuff of the neck. You're a number 10 there. Let's see the ability you've got. And in the games and the glimpses in pre-season as well, I just haven't seen it and I've been disappointed with him. Hope he proved me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely, I'd love him yeah. to, but yeah, yeah. I just haven't seen it. Gav, anybody you were hoping to see a little bit more from? Who started the club? Yes. Well... Well, maybe not. Somebody maybe in the recent past. Just uh, Hennon had expected big things. Of. Mm. It didn't happen. No, it didn't. Uh, 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 I think he struggled with the physicality of yeah. English football mm. big time. Yeah, he'd be one of the last couple of years. I thought, well, actually, you know, he's got may have something about him, and it just it just never happened to him. Uh, Galloway as well. Yeah. Mm. Who's come back? Obviously, come, yeah. For yeah. people who don't know, he's he's going to spend probably the next at least till January the twenty three is rebuilding himself, and yeah, we'll take it from there. So I think. somebody at the club. Technically, absolutely. Just, yeah. uh, mm. When he first came in, I think Roberto was talking about him playing the centre half. Mm. Uh, he played left back at one stage, didn't he, for Leighton Baines when he was injured? I mean, that, was was his, that was his run. Came yeah. in as left back, yeah. Yeah, and he looked really good. 
Um, and he come, he come, he had not come through academy. He comes through. I know slightly different. He come. Did we get MK? MK Zons, yeah. yeah. Same team as Deli Ali. Yeah, and uh, he's another one who appears to have been, uh, shall we say, damaged by <laughs> by a going on loans. Loan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, loans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a shame because I, I think he he, he looked looked as though he had something about him as well. Excellent, chaps. Thank you very much for joining us. Really, really enjoyed that. Hope you did listening at home as well. So that's been the Royal Blue Podcast in Association Sport Placer. And remember to review and rate and subscribe to us. You can get us on iTunes or download the Acast app if you're on Android. So thank you very much for listening to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.